Kurt Fernley is a great mate of mine and he's been plastered all over Australia for the past two weeks as he was team captain for Australia for the Gold Coast Commonwealth Games and he won a silver medal in the T54 1500 metres and won gold in the wheelchair marathon and because of his efforts he was also awarded the honour of being flag bearer for Australia in the closing ceremony. This is a short clip taken from the episode I did with Kurt in early 2017, where we dived into every aspect of life, including family, mental health, crawling the Kokoda Trail, the fact that his parents had to name him fast because the doctors believed he wasn't going to live for long, and we dived into so much more. Whilst Kurt is praised as a national icon for his achievements in sport, I'm more intrigued and proud of his role as a voice for disability, and you'll hear the passion in his voice in this short clip. If you want to hear the full episode with this legend, it's number two on this podcast if you scroll back to the beginning on your podcast app or go to yourlifeofimpact.com forward slash Kurt Fernley. I'm going to take you back to Rio last year and the opening ceremony. I was pushing a wheelchair. <laughs> Sorry, I just remembered. I was pushing a wheelchair and for the listeners, it was a wheelchair, uh, it was a spare chair and I was pushing it for, there was a couple of cerebral palsy athletes that are ambulance athletes, they can walk, but what a lot of people don't realise is before an opening ceremony, there's lots of hours of standing around, walking before you actually get to the stadium. So me as a coach, I wanted to save the legs and the energy of my ambulance athletes and so I I got a spare chair and uh, they were taking it in turns of sitting in it and I'd push them along and or they could have a push themselves. And this was all for the hours leading into before we actually went into the stadium for the opening ceremony. And they'd already said to me, look, we want to, we're happy to walk the opening ceremony part. And I said, yeah, absolutely. So I was going to be pushing an empty wheelchair in and I was by your side pushing the chair and, and your coach, Andrew Dawes and Reed McCracken, another athlete. And you were on to me. You said, Robbo, get in the chair. You've got to push out in the chair. When you come into the stadium, when they announce Australia, you've got to get in the chair. You've got to push it. And I was, I was a little bit sceptical. I thought, oh, I don't know if I should. I don't know if I should. And you said, just do it. Come on. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. I said, you know what? It will be fun. I'm going to do this. And I jumped in and we did push out together. And it's the fourth Paralympics I've been to as a staff member, but it's the first one I've ever been. <laughs> sat in a wheelchair and pushed it. And I had a blast. You and Reid and I had a little bit of a race down the home straight in the stadium and things like that. And it wasn't that well received, to be honest. There were some people that were watching it and, you know, some people back home might have thought, geez, Robbo stole someone's wheelchair. There's a poor <laughs> bugger sitting back there that can't do the opening ceremony. But some people knew it was a spare chair and they still had the perception that uh, the thought around the f- that it wasn't right that I was sitting in a chair. And I brought this up with you not long ago when we when we caught up and you made a couple of comments. Um, we're having a laugh about me sitting in the chair for the opening ceremony. And then you made a couple of comments around how disappointed you were that people would actually uh, compare the fact that I was doing an opening ceremony in a wheelchair and that they didn't like it that I was sitting in a wheelchair because it makes you, it made you feel like they're sort of saying, well, if you're in a chair, like there's, there's a bit of pity around that. What's the, what's the issue? One of my mates jumped in a wheelchair with his other mates who were all in wheelchairs and pushed into the opening ceremony. You know, I, I just think I don't understand how there is anything offensive about that. It's not, yeah, the people that, the people that, uh, that take offence, oh, you can't sit in a wheelchair, it's patronising as hell. 
Most of the, some of the most impressive people I know use wheelchairs and they, they may not use it full time. They might jump in it for, for just their sport, you know, like, and I would have, I just saw an empty wheelchair and I thought, you know, what well, jump in, like, it'll be, it'll be bloody, it'll, it'll be one of those moments that you sit there and speak about for, for when you're done and dusted. I mean, remember that time you jumped in a bloody chair and we pushed around the, for the opening ceremony, bloody fantastic. And for people to take any sort of offence out of that is, it's just beyond me because there's nothing offensive about getting in a chair. There's nothing negative about being in a chair. It's a, it's a mobility aid and it's a part of, like, it's, it's just, it, for me, as soon as I hear people feeling like something wrong had happened there, I just feel a bit yuck because it's it's not a negative thing it's not a it's it was a it was a good mate of mine pushing around in a wheelchair with the rest of his community and mates who are also in chairs i just i can't see any offense in it at all well and that leads me to how you've been approached in life many times when people might say to you things like, oh, what happened to you or poor you in a wheelchair? Like they think that there's something wrong with your life because you're in a chair. Talk to people, me about pity. People talking about uh, they see you out on a, on a run and you, well, good for you. You're getting outside. Good for you. You know what I mean? Like, oh, give me a break. Like, the chair is the chair. Mobility, it's the least interesting thing that you have. Mobility, it, like, how you move around, how you get from A to B, just bloody, it's, it bores me, you know? Like, let's look at people with a little bit more substance than whether or not they walk to the seat or they roll there or hop there. Who gives a crap? And... If you are walking and you decide to jump in a wheelchair when you're at the Paralympics, when you've been around mates of yours who have been in, if you decide to push around there, bloody welcome to the club, mate. Like, just come on. (laughs) And, you know, I know that it's it's all about intent as well. And, like, I I looked forward to seeing your old girl and, you know, I'm sure that she would have had a chuckle about it. And it was just... You know, it was fun and games, but we have we have a real issue in community with our expectations of where disability sits, because we look through it with all of this fear. We have people that see this, see any disability, and they just see it as immediately when they put themselves in it, they feel fear about how they would handle it, and when you see people going through anything tough, um, we almost idealise it, that they're amazing, they're so tough, they're amazing. A lot of the time people just deal with whatever the hell they've got to deal with and I can guarantee if you broke your back, you'd deal with it. You'd figure out a path to life, you know what I mean? Like it's we're not idealised, we're just normal functioning humans and when people either get idealized or pitied we just we, it's, it's disabling for us we don't we don't get to become your normal everyday peers in your office in your workplace which we need we need normality 
And you are not just an inspirational role model around sport. Uh, you are very outspoken around disability and these sort of issues. And outspoken? No, I'd say I'm, uh, I'm perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't say outspoken. You are a voice around it. So you are an advocate for disability. Things around the National Disability Insurance Scheme and and I think even just chats like this to expose people to what it is like to live with a disability because there is a perception in society around that pity that people aren't exposed to. Uh, yeah, so working with the NDIS, I loved. I really loved doing that. Um, and for me, the athletes that I really respect are the ones that put morality in the front of the craft, the sport, because if you find yourself at a stage where you're given the opportunity to get into the lounge rooms of people with sport, then if you don't speak with substance, you've made the grand final and you haven't turned up. You've got a profile to create some sort of challenge or change within community. If you don't do it, what a missed opportunity because they will be the valuable things that you reflect on. How many gold medals do you bloody... You don't... You, you don't see them, you don't put them up. Like I just, there is intrinsic value there and you do get a certain level of value because you are able to create a platform that people um, respect the discipline to be able to get them. But when you're there, you have the ability to talk substance and talk real positive things that, that can influence community. That's the memorable stuff. And that's the, at the end of the day, that's the stuff that I'll be most proud that I was a part of. There he is, a true advocate for disability and proud of it. Remember, you can listen to the full episode and all about the interesting life of Kurt, such as charitable components, major struggles, and even when he pooed his pants in a marathon and still pushed home to victory. <laughs> It's episode number two on this podcast or go to yourlifeofimpact.com forward slash Kurt Fernley. And as always, remember, this is your life journey, your life of impact.